Welcome to the Soulful Essence Podcast. A show about building a business that you love using archetypes. I'm Yamilka. And I'm Sabrina. And we're here to help you discover the secrets to using archetypes to uniquely position your brand in the market. And identify the super fan that will lead you to massive growth. Hello, everyone. It's Yamilka and Sabrina. Hello. And welcome to the Soulful Essence episode two. Today, we'll be discussing what is a brand, what is an archetype, and a super fan. The method we have developed is called the archetype method. So what is the archetype method? Well, it's based on psychology and human behavior And we help companies increase their ROI by attracting top quality prospects that we call superfans. This is a way for you to envision your future's customers' needs, boost customer adoption, and drive powerful product and service demand. So let's begin with what is branding or what is branding to us. So we'll talk about how branding connects to archetypes. So Sabrina, what is branding? Yeah, this is a great place to start. Um, In the world today, um, as many of you probably know, um, brands must be more than just identity systems. So when we talk about brand, we're definitely talking about a brand of something beyond just the logo and the colors and maybe some uh, beautiful photography. Um, the low, uh, the brands are today in the world, brands really need to be more of personalities. They need to have a depth of character and they need to have, um, values that drive their actions. And these are the types of things that customers, you know, are looking for and they're things that attract people to brands, but they're also things that keep people with brands over time when they see that they are, um, consistently, Um, executing and behaving in the world in the same way. So when we talk about brands, we're going to be talking to you about brands as the personification of them, um, how they really take on um, a, uh, an identity that's beyond, you know, uh, just what they look like, but it's, it's an identity that they can then um, have a conversation with a consumer. Um, So it ends up being a two way conversation. And the other thing, um, Sabrina, um, let's go into a little bit around what the different eras of branding. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we like to talk about um, the eras of branding as, you know, something that's really important to recognize today because we're in this new era that we we like to call kind of like this relationship era. So let's think back. If you can imagine, uh, you know, the start of a brand, really the word brand even came from this idea of like, Um, a mark that you place on something that you own. So it's really about ownership. So um, a brand brand in the very, very beginning, um, you know, the turn of the century, you could kind of think about it as like people were branding their property. Um, And so then as that became, you know, more and more um, prevalent in, you know, the, the, 
the, the creation of goods, um, people use that same idea of branding to brand their products. But now it's really important because now we can put um, you know, values associated with those that were about, you know, performance and quality and things like that. So if you saw the brand, you knew what you were getting. And that was really important. Um, and so people built up those brands and those brands, you know, took on a whole life of their own. Now, um, you know, as we continue through, you know, the decades essentially of consumers, you know, associating with brands, um, you know, you might see like, you know, in the fifties, the sixties, the into the seventies, you start seeing more of like, um, emotional branding coming to life. And, um, that really kind of took heart when we saw, you know, a lot of sponsorship and promotions, um, of, you know, celebrities and people endorsing brands. And, and what happened then is brands really started becoming these things that you, you know, you could wear a brand, you could um, purchase a brand, and that created like who you were as a person. It was part of your identity. It had a lot of emotion connected to it. You wanted to um, embody that promise that the brand had for you and that they were bringing forward. And then today, um, you know, over the last couple of decades, Branding has just, you know, became a different thing because, you know, people aren't as brand loyal as they used to be. And brands really take on a very different role in the world today. Um, we like to think about it like from a relationship standpoint. Brands need to be able to have a relationship and hold a relationship with a customer. And so it's not a one way conversation where you're broadcasting a feeling that you want a customer to you know, buy into and then they buy it and they're happy. Um, the brands that are really successful today have kind of crossed that chasm to have a relationship with a consumer. And in order to be able to have a relationship, you have to have the depth of um, character and personality that can kind of hold that conversation. Um, so Today, we like to think about these brands, the really strong ones, as having this more depth of character that would be able to have two-way conversations, uh, act consistently over time, and um, behave, not just put a product out in the world, but have an experience or um, have an engagement with um, a customer over time. Um, and so that's really where we look at, we look to archetypes. And so archetypes are so important today in the area of brand because Brands really need that kind of true north, that sensibility of where are they, um, where are they going in the world? What is their core value? And then how do they express that to the customer? And then, you know, what is that relationship and what's that dialogue that they have? So when we talk about archetypes um, and we talk about branding, uh, we feel like now is the time when archetypes are really an important part of um, brands to understand because it does give them um, depth and um, a vocabulary and um, an understanding of kind of where that core comes from. And we see, you know, as we do audits in the world, there, there's a ton of um, brands that are doing this really well. Um, the things that we'll talk about are based on, you know, basic patterns of human behavior. And so um, archetypes just help us give um, a vocabulary to those. Um, and that's why we, you know, we like to use them. Yeah. And talking about relationships, um, how did you and I meet? I think I want to talk a little bit about that yeah. because <laughs> we, <laughs> we did meet, um, working together for a big, big brand company. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a design manager at the time and you were working as a creative a big, director. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Creative director at the agency. 
and you were the expert on archetypes. You taught me everything I know today. <laughs> and, and then we kind of took that on and uh, took over the world, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I think archetypes have been foundational to the things that we've been doing for probably the last 15 or 20 years, you know. And so when you're studying something like this so long and when you get to see it um, – come to life just over and over again across brands across the world you know uh it just really uh it's just something that's you know very foundational i think to the work that we do and i mean i became fascinated fascinated to the point that archetypes kind of took my life (laughs) and it was fascinating to me because you know it's not just about the work that you do, but the relationship that you build with your team members. You know, we traveled mm-hmm. the world. We went to all these different countries in Asia and Europe and Latin America. And we were able to give them a foundation that not only was it good for, for, for the project, but it was also great to build that relationship with the team that we were all on the same page. Yeah, I think that's really important because, you know, as a creative director, um, you are always trying to um, direct a larger team or um, communicate something, you know, to a client team. And, you know, a lot of times the most important thing is when you're working, especially on big brands, is that you can communicate a unified message, like a singular focus that people can get. And a lot of times when you're just talking about like values or words or things like that, it's just not enough. And that's, I think, the power of archetypes is that it goes into this... um, well, they're just patterns um, of story and of uh, character that exist in the world. They've always existed in the world. And um, they are they become this kind of vocabulary that people can understand. It transcends culture. It transcends time. Um, and so this the tool really ends up being a powerful way to pull teams together and uh, give people direction around, you know, um, something that's you want to move forward with, something that you're trying to shift in the world, um, a disruptive space, you know, that you're looking for, or maybe even like, you know, you compared to, um, you know, other competitors, maybe you're like, well, what's the real difference? Like we use architects to like dissect that and be like, okay, here's this thing that subconsciously, message is being translated to the consumers and um that's this is what's coming across from your competitors and it's like you know where are you in that landscape like that's that's what's pretty exciting you know as we start really breaking down archetypes and being able to use them at this level um it really unlocks some new insight i think um for both teams and for business um to really be able to make smart choices and what i love about it is the fact that just to be aware is like the one of the most important things, right? Because that gives you insight into um, secrets and codes and things that people are building. And we discover that, you know, through all those thousands of audits yeah. that you've done and I, yeah. you know, and I've done. And yeah, we've just probably incredible. done a couple of hundred, maybe even a few thousand audits over the years. I mean, if you can imagine every time we look at a category, we are breaking that category down and auditing that landscape. And so, you know, and in the work that I've done over the last few years, I mean, I've worked in so many different categories. I think you have probably too. And so, <laughs> you know, between us, we've kind of hit everything from like technology to consumer goods to new moms to super young folks to like, what's this mean for aging? And, you know, all the typical things. And 
um, and all of the kind of new innovations and things like that. And, you know, it doesn't matter what we're really looking at. Um, you know, the, the idea that uh, consumers are just ready for this kind of in this relational era that we were talking about before, they're just ready for brands to be real. And, you know, they, they don't put up with much, you know, if they can see behind the brand and there's, there's nothing there, <laughs> you know, it's just sort of like that, <laughs> that lack of transparency, it, it, it destroys trust. And I think today trust is, you know, pretty much all we have, right. As brands to really, you know, be true and authentic to what, you know, why we exist in the world. And, you know, that's what today's consumer is attracted to. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I mean, the audits that we have done have really provided, I think, I mean, I don't know. The main thing I think is that, you know, when you do an audit, you're, you're kind of trying to dissect and understand what's going on. And, um, it's really fascinating to find that these companies in the world, they're just doing it. Like how, how are so many companies like understanding how to do this like naturally? And, you know, me as a creative director, I work with a lot of designers and I find that the best designers, they haven't, you know, they have this intuitive sense of, of how these things work because the archetypes are all based on this idea of, you know, basic human psychology. And um, they're based around some basic design principles, you know, that designers just use. And so I think, you know, the, the big companies and the companies with big budgets have the ability to, to work with these, um, these fantastic designers that are just going to intuitively get there. Are they these amazing, like owners and entrepreneurs that just kind of have that internal vision? Um, Not every company has that luxury. Um, We work with a lot of companies maybe that are a little bit smaller or, you know, don't really hold that vision on their own. And so that's where archetypes really come in as well, because you have the ability to go and talk to, you know, um, to people that are just like, I'm not sure exactly what, what is my promise in the world? or How am I expressing myself? And um, it's almost like a little bit of a course correction. It's like these micro shifts, these small changes that are actually, they multiply themselves and they make such a huge impact. Um, and so, you know, the power of doing these audits is I think we can kind of uh, provide a lot of really good reference points and inspiration and examples um, so that companies who are like, oh, I don't under- I'm not sure what I want to be doing here um, can really see and, and, and kind of look to the companies that um, are have similar patterns as them and, and, and really like ask, what can we learn today? Consumers, what are people? Um, all of those things are just like so exciting when you really start leveraging audits for kind of inspiration and, and, um, and direction. Yeah. And I think one of the pieces that I really feel uh, people connect to is this tangibility Mm -hmm. to it. It makes sense, right? It's like people understand it It, because, right, it's human behavior that 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 is the the reason why people get it. Like once we explain it and kind of talk to small businesses about their brand and how to think about their brand through this um, archetype mm-hmm. character, they really understand. I think they have a better understanding of, yeah, that is true. That is absolutely my brand. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, how some of these brands just fall into some of these particular archetypes? Yeah, well, let's go, um, let's go back and just review, you know, we have designed um, 12 specific archetype like have been really powerful for us to use um, over the last um, 
uh, decade where we're really looking at um, these these particular archetypes. They they they're kind of the core and they're the the focal point um, that we can kind of use to understand you know the patterns that we're seeing in the world. And so um, just you know to review those to start with, um, we have um, archetypes that are um, you know uh, the magician the outlaw, the uh, jester, we have the ruler, the sage, the creator, we have explorers and hero and innocence, and we have the caregiver, the lover, and the good guy. And these, these particular um, uh, archetypes are really important because each one of them kind of holds a specific promise and driver and value system, each one of them can have its own storyline. If you can imagine you, if you're talking about an explorer, you know how an explorer's journey begins, you know how an explorer behaves, you know, and you know, you know, what, what is the end of the story for an explorer? Like, how do they move through the world? Like, what do they promise people? And that's very different than say like an outlaw, you know, if you can imagine an outlaw story, you know, we know how that starts. You know, they're probably disrupting yeah. something, shooting something up. They're probably creating some sort of disruption in the world. And then you can imagine how their story plays out. Like they are continually struggling against whatever this thing they're trying to build a revolution against, you know, and, and then, um, you know, um, understanding what they promise people and, and how people can kind of really embrace that and what kind of conversations they would have with people. Um, these, each character um, kind of space, each, each archetypical space has a different um, storyline that goes along with it. And so we find that these are really extensive and super valuable in, in building out, um, in building out uh, you know, uh, positioning for brands. Right. And I think that, you know, if you think about it, one of the most important pieces that we've kind of found, uh, found out that people are, are super interested in is not just what their brand is, but also what their customer or what we call the super fan yeah. is, right? So we know that opposites attract and that if you understand what your brand archetype is, you can get I think faster and quicker to your super fan. You know, we know that these brands that are, you know, big brands or have the budgets, um, it takes them time to get to their super fans. So we, we, and we're always amazed through the audits that it's so clear that they've really got it yeah. and they've really um, had success yeah. with it. But really um, mapping out your super fan from the get go and communicating to them in a way that is yeah. relevant mm -hmm. is critical. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, I mean, um, I think that this is something that isn't really talked about a lot in archetypes. Um, I think when you see them, I think a lot of people over the last few years have really kind of embraced this idea that archetypes are valuable, especially in building brands. Um, but the way that we um, have developed the system that we use, um, your super fan is really that 
that consumer who is magnetically attracted to you. And like you were kind of saying, you know, the science behind that is essentially, you know, behavioral science. So in the world, there are certain types of characteristics that are attracted to other types of characteristics. And the interesting thing is when we study brands and we look at, you know, what you might talk, talk about is like a strategic target or an aspirational design target or, you know, whatever, whatever your business uses as that that um, that description, the value in understanding um, a super fan is that you can both target who you want to be talking to, you know, and clarify your message. But in doing that, this is like the secret behind it that not everyone really, really understands. But in being able to target that super fan, you're actually creating messaging um, that creates like um, a a natural magnetism or a natural dynamicness to your brand that you can't have by just knowing your archetype. And so the power in understanding superfans is really in how do you begin to make your brand more attractive and more dynamic in the world so that people are um, very... um, so it just becomes more valued, if you will. I don't know. This is this is what we find is that the the brands that that understand who their super fan is, understand how to begin to message to them, and have those conversations with them in the world, um, are the ones that really are, we often see are really successful. And then sometimes we can find brands that just you know knew, know who their their archetype might be and what their character is, they might communicate that. But if they are not having that dialogue with that super fan, if they're not actually in conversation, then maybe their brand falls a little short. Um, Maybe in, you know, something's holding them back and they're just not able to articulate what that is. And a lot of times when we go in and, and work with businesses, that's what we see is like, oh, you know what, this is what's holding you back. And that really just, I don't know, it unlocks a lot of things for people, I think, as we start talking with them. They're like, yeah, I, I kind of had that feeling. I had that sensibility, but I wasn't sure what to do. So I think the method that we've put together, it really helps to drive that, uh, that focus and that clarity to get you to understand what's the core of your value as a brand. And then how do you kind of open yourself up and to have those conversations with maybe, um, a, um, a, a, an audience that isn't exactly like you, you know, um, it's about really attracting that person that you have something that they need in order to make them better as a person. And so it's like you complete them in some ways through this conversation you're having with them. So it's not about like, like just attraction. We're talking about attraction that adds value, um, and meaning to people's lives. Um, and that's really where the, the core of the super fan really comes from. We'll continue to talk about this as we go through our next podcast. Um, we're really excited about it, but just creating kind of that foundation of what it means and um, why it's important, I think is a really important place to start. Right. And um, I think uh, you said something really, really interesting is that how do you speak to somebody who who you don't really yeah or you don't relate to to. they're not just like you right (laughs) are you exactly they're not like you so um I've been having to do that a lot (laughs) in my life so um but it's it's really good because it gives you um a language to communicate right a different sort of language and it also helps you um understand their perspective versus not only coming from your side you know that's that's what empathy is about right it's like 
empathetic yeah. relationship. And it's important to get the so, right combinations yeah. too. Cause we can see when people are, you know, just kind of like searching for who they're talking to. And then it, it, it almost comes across as though they're, they're, they're a little inauthentic because they keep changing what they're doing, what they're saying, they're trying things out. And a lot of times that's what you think is a good thing to do right now, you know, online, let's try this out. But I think, um, you know, the core thing is, is, you know, you need to be strategic about your tests. It's not just about like, oh, let's try this and see if it works. Let's try this now. Um, Because that's kind of the mode that we're in, but that doesn't necessarily help build a strong brand. I think, the key thing is, is to recognize what your archetype is and then test within, you know, a, a strategic plan that really kind of is about beginning to build conversation, then build those muscles, you know, that, that make you more comfortable, that give you the empathy in order to kind of reach out and speak to the, um, the, uh, the consumers that are going to like be most value your brand most, you know? Well, and the, and the thing there that you just said is be consistent, yes. mm-hmm. be consistent in your language. I see so many people trying one thing and then going yeah. somewhere else. And it's just like, what? I don't understand yeah. what's going on. And that confuses yeah, the, totally. the customer yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. So, I mean, so I think the core thing to get started is really that you need to know, you know, who you are as an archetype, who your brand is as an archetype and how are you expressing yourself to the world? Um, That's one of the foundational elements that we want you to be able to get access to, know, understand. Um, And so as you're with us on these podcasts, you can really take what we're talking about and begin to translate it and say, you know, how, how, what does this mean for me and my brand? Um, So we definitely want to make that available to you guys. Yeah, I'm super excited because if you want to find out your brand archetype, you can go to brandarchetype.co.co. So that's brandarchetype.co and do the quiz and you'll find out your brand archetype and what that that's relates so awesome. to your super fan. We've got the and super if you want more in there too. Yeah, so, so cool. you guys can totally he- keep uh, listening and learn more about the super fan. Um, and so it's really important. Yeah. If you identify who your archetype is as a brand, and then what does that mean when you see super fan, that is the specific person that you are looking to talk to in the world. Um, that's going to help grow and build your brand for you. So stay tuned for the next episode where we will be telling you a little bit where each archetype kind of lives from an axis standpoint, just to go in a little bit of theory, but we're also going to talk about a little action yeah. steps that you can mm-hmm. take. And don't forget to take the quiz at brandarchetype.co. Yeah. So we'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>